What's up guys? It's a great day. This is Fuquan Bilal and we are back with another great episode of the PFREI podcast series. We interview experts in the real estate business in order to provide you with some of the best investment strategies and techniques used by leading fund managers, financiers, house flippers, and more. We appreciate every single one of you for taking the time to press play on the podcast and hope you enjoy this new episode. All right, guys, we're back again with another great episode of PFREI, Passion for Real Estate Investments. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Oh, man, we got some talent on the show today. I really appreciate you coming on. We have Edna Keep. Uh, so, Edna, share with the viewers, um, with the listeners, you know, a little bit about your background. I know you you have a massive uh, multifamily portfolio, and uh, we'll talk about that part as well. Uh, but yeah, just talk about the background, um, and then I'll get into the questions. Sure, sure. Thank you so much, Fuquan, for having me on. It's a real pleasure. Um, yeah, I have a real passion for real estate. You know, uh, my background's actually as a financial advisor, and I did that for 15 years. And I actually had clients coming in to see me, and uh, we were kind of living in a hot market, and they were taking money out of their mutual funds. So I was a little ticked off, and I went, what the heck are you guys doing? And why would you invest in an asset class that pays you 3%? I had no idea what real estate could do for you. But I listened. I listened to those clients because they were ones I respected. And um, I checked out a three-day class with uh, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad group. And uh, there was no looking back after that. We signed up for the education, went forward. And um, at the end of the three days, uh, the program we signed up for was uh, like five training classes uh, for 27,000 US. And you know, it was the best money we ever spent. Well, we, we owned 50 doors within 18 months. We were actually wow. inducted into the Robert Kiyosaki Hall of Fame. And uh, uh, people just kept asking us, how did you do that? How did you do that? How did you do that so fast? Because a lot of people will buy, you know, one house a year, two houses a year, that sort of thing, and and feel lucky to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of our start. Uh, two years into buying my first real estate property, I sold my financial planning practice because I could <laughs> They came to you and said, we're investing. What are you guys doing? I said, I'm out of the business. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's how we got our start and and we love it. We're still buying. We just took possession of our last uh, purchase on March 31st, 178 doors in Memphis, Tennessee. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, we'll talk a lot about that. The first question I usually ask the guests is, why are you passionate for real estate investing? Well, you know, once I understood it, um, I, I, I love all the different ways you can make money in real estate. You know, you've got your cash flow to start with. You've got your uh, buy, fix, repair, refinance strategy. You've got wholesaling strategies, of which we've done all. And my favorite is long-term buy and hold with uh, apartment buildings that we can add value to, you know, uh, forced appreciation. And, and that's- I love, I love that word. Oh, it's my favorite word. And you know, the other favorite word I have is the mortgage pay down because, you know, that's something that you don't really count. Um, You don't think about a whole lot. And I've talked to many investors who don't even know how much they're getting a mortgage pay down. I track it every single year, you know, because it's like, oh, it was last year, it was 25,000. This year, it's 30,000 a month. And it was like, people don't don't think that far out, but that adds up to a lot of money over the years. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, thanks for sharing your passion. I mean, it's, I think it's important for people to realize that you definitely have to take action if you want to do so, because you could have sat there and, you know, still been a financial planner, trying to get them into stocks and everything else or other different things that were um, not alternative, but you, you know, took the leap of faith and jumped in two feet and um, built this massive portfolio. So you're doing primarily multifamily. Are you doing like 100 units? You mentioned one in Memphis you just purchased. Um, let's talk about that a little bit. Why would you go that route versus the single family route? Um, well, you know, we actually, like everybody else, we started with the single family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we quickly, there was two things, two things that happened to people. They ran out of their own money. Uh, and they also run out of their ability to get mortgages. Like for us in Canada, most people, they're lucky to get two, three mortgages now in their own name or even in their company name. Back when we started in 07, we ended up like 13. So we're ahead of the game. We, we still own most of those properties, but we had to move into multifamily because the only way we could keep growing. And um, so uh, I think our very first purchase into multifamily was a 24 unit. That's what took us to the 50 doors in 18 months. And I think the largest, well, the largest one we bought was this 178 we just took possession of. But in 2012, we also bought uh, 144 units all at one Mm -hmm. time. So uh, we've got all sizes, 8, 12, 18, 24 units, stuff like that. Yeah, how how, do, how does that work with you with um, having those small units? I know people usually try to get 150 doors, 200 doors or more and have on-site property management. I mean, I've interviewed, um, you know, a dozen or so guys that are masterminds with me that play this multifamily game. And it kind of started to change my, my mindset as well because I've been investing in real estate for 21 years and I, I typically play the single family, well, two, three families, uh, three apartments together, uh, four family stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing more than twelve units. Played in that space for a very long time, and now I'm finally making the transition into multifamily. Um, the pandemic has created a lot of opportunities. A lot of people who operate those C plus class properties, like in tenancy, and if they're exiting that space yeah. because people are not paying rents, gaming the system. But how did you kind of you transition into that? But the question I was trying to get to: You're focusing on which size units are you looking for? Is it from that 15 unit to 150 unit range? Well, you know, when we first started out, um, we we were buying in Saskatchewan, Canada, and most of our cities are relatively small. So there was a few really big units, but they were they were newer units, nicer units, and out of our price range. We like to go with workforce housing. So we bought a lot of older buildings built in the seventies and stuff like that. And most of them were between 12 and 18 units, the odd 24. So that was kind of our market for a long time, 12, 18 and 24 units. Um, But, uh, and in even the 144 we bought in one package, they, it was four different buildings. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. four different buildings all right close together, but in, Uh in one small little town. Um, and then now, uh, when we moved into the U.S., because there's a lot of bigger cities, like Memphis is a, a large city compared to what ours is. Ours, our population here is only 260,000. And um, again, targeting workforce housing, got some really amazing deals. And yeah, we, but, you know, we've always used property management, um, either managing partners, property managers, or uh, we have had a team of property managers when we were managing our own. We're really trying to get out of any kind of management nowadays. Uh, I like the total hands-off approach. That, that's where I was going with the question. Like, okay, six units here, eight units here, 12 units here. I can only imagine what the property management looked like. We haven't found the trusted source yet. We, we do have people on site who do things, but then we ultimately manage 
rental collection and all that other stuff, the important stuff, the bill payment and all of those processes. We want to make sure the bills get paid on time. Yeah. When it get collected, okay, you can handle the maintenance part and all the tickets. We'll monitor the data on that to make sure you're doing what you got to do. But, um, and they'll do marketing, they'll do bringing tenants in, but we control the portal. We use the system for our portfolio, which is one of the many systems that are out there. But yeah, I mean, it's I'm excited that um, you are in the U.S. and Tennessee, uh, restoring those communities where it's needed in those in the workforce area because everyone tends to go to the high end, uh, A class, B class stuff. So I definitely appreciate that. Yeah. Um, you know that that is what excites me also about that market is to be able to go to those communities and make a difference. So oh, you know what? There's people that come and talk to our guys that are on site doing the work, saying thanking them for making such a difference in the neighborhood, cleaning it up, you know, get, getting good. And I mean, there's no fancy, there's no pools, nothing, but they need these places. So yeah, the whole community is just rallied around us and and uh, that makes us feel good too, right? Yeah, absolutely. You're doing it, you know, to create an impact, impact mm-hmm. investing is what I always call it, which is great. So now uh, let's talk a little bit more about, um, you know, with the sessions that you do, because you do you do some, some education, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. How are you helping people who like you've been helped when you went to the Robert Kiyosaki stuff? How are you paying it forward to uh, help people who want to learn about real estate? What type of services do you provide for that? Because everybody need a mentor, I think is important. I, I definitely was excited when you first told your story and you told me you you, know, you invested into yourself right away. Because you have a lot of people who don't do that. And they don't take action. What they do it, it's a small percentage that take action with what they invest in. Yeah. Right. So let's well, talk and about you know, that a bit. we even noticed that when we took Robert Kiyosaki training, like I was amazed at how many people did nothing or very, very little. And, um, you know, I still remember sitting at a conference when we were being recognized at there were 3000 people in the audience. We were number one out of the whole group uh, wow. for what we'd done. Um, in the in the prior 18 months and they would sit different people with each other so you could network so every lunch it was different people and stuff and and we got seated with some people who'd been in the world for like three years oh I'm so excited to get to know you how many buildings do you own oh none 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 three years long what (laughs) (laughs) didn't get didn't understand and then you know I was watching uh you know different things on the news and they were saying like on the computer news and saying, oh, it's a scam, and they're just taking people's money. And I'm going, no, no, look at, look what we did. Like we, you know, you know, 18 months we had 50 doors. No, it's not a scam. It's it's wonderful. But I realized it's not that the program wasn't working, is they weren't working the program. I find that some people will just buy something and just think because they paid for it. Success is guaranteed. No, no. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of work involved yeah. with you, uh, even once you learn. So my program kind of came about organically. You know, people kept saying to me, well, how'd you grow so fast? Like, we don't get that. How do you, understand? you know, like, how do you take any chances like that? First of all, like, aren't you scared? You know, your socks scared off and stuff like that. And, um, you know, we said, well, you know what? We, when we signed up, we hired, we got the mentor with our package and we utilized her. Like we talked to her all the time. And, and I mean, they never said buy this, buy that, don't buy this, don't buy that they taught us what we should be looking for and watching for and stuff like that. Um, 
so uh, I, we started helping people first in the single family arena. And then we got into multifamily heavier and heavier. And we realized that, you know, people weren't teaching it as a system. And I think that's what stops people too. They get overwhelmed. I know the first time we bought our, our very first 24 unit, I was sitting in a realtor's office and I was telling him our goals were going to buy 20 houses the next year. And he said, Edna, why don't you just buy a multifamily? I said, oh, I can't. I don't own enough houses. You know how you kind of think. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. And, and he said, no, no, that's not true. And I said, well, do you think we could? And he goes, yeah, and kind of gave me a little lesson. And I said, okay, what do you got? And he here, he had a 24 unit on his desk. He said, I'm just doing paperwork. And you know what? It's likely because we were talking houses that if that hadn't had just hit his desk, he might not have talked to us about it. Right. Yeah. It was in front of him. We were telling him our goals. And he said, I just had 24 unit hit my desk, hasn't even, I haven't even listed it yet, but I'm going to list it. And I said, well, what would it take to get it under contract? And he said, you'll have to give full asking price because that's, that's what we see selling right now, what the price is. So we did. I made the offer before I left the office and uh, then it transpired and we owned the building uh, like four months later. That's a and, beautiful story. Yeah, it was so <laughs> exciting. But, you know, most people don't think they can move straight into multifamily. You know, I've taken kids who are just out of high school, local, two local boys. They were 18 and 19 years old when they started with me. And they got their parents to pay for their education because they weren't going to university. Didn't want to. They had read all the rich dad, poor dad books. They knew they wanted to get into real estate. They almost bought a little house in the heart of the hood. Except that they went there at night one time, which is like a rough area. Yeah, and they yeah, were yeah, both they, they scared to get out of the house or out of the car. <laughs> so they were teasing each other. Well, just go touch the fence. No, go touch the door. No, yeah. I wouldn't get out. So then they decided, oh, we better get a mentor. So they came to me. Within two years of working with me, they owned 72 doors. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you have, you, have, you guys... Um, so let's talk about where they can find this information at. Do you have a YouTube channel? Is there like a website they can go to? Yeah, if Something you can like see my background in the back. Whoops, which way? Yes. That's, that's how my name is spelled. Ednakeep.com. Um, yeah, ednakeep.com. <laughs> my email is edna at ednakeep.com. I'm Coach Edna Keep on um, Facebook, YouTube, just Edna Keep. Uh, and that that's the best way to find me. And uh, if uh, if you watch uh, YouTube, sometimes you'll see my ads pop up because they do ads and stuff, too. Because, you know, Fuquan, my favorite thing to do nowadays is to mentor people through the same process, because what I understand is, you know, it's the, the beginning and walking you through your first two or three deals. Then you're off to the races. You can get yeah. all kinds of stuff done. And you need a network too, do a multi Yes, You can't really do it by yourself. So you need a team and somebody to leverage. And um, I think it's important for people to, to have a mentor. A lot of people don't, you know, they don't want to pay to do it. I've been part of several masterminds. And to me, that's the best investment ever to the team. It is. Work to yourself. You're paying for speed, basically. You are. You know, when you hire somebody like Edno or one of the other mentors out there, you're paying for speed to get access to it. It's up to you to really take action and do what you need to do, especially if you have the support. I mean, I've I played in that arena for a while doing, uh, and I still do education. This is an educational thing we're doing right now in this moment. Um, that's my way of giving back. Um, you know, for me, it, I, I've found a lot of people, it's like we talked about in the beginning, they paid for something and they expect for it to happen. And I was like, you know what, this is, you know, let me take off this hat and put back on my investor hat and focus just on that, um, 
because I, you know, for me, my patience is is enough, but not enough to see people waste time and spend money and take action. That stuff frustrates me all the time. Oh, tire kickers. I actually wrote a book called Tire Kicker. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, it's a pamphlet. It's like 42 pages, but I mean, we're all tire kickers. I, you know, I, I procrastinate on stuff as well. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm, I'm perfect, but um, you know, actually that's how the book came about for me, writing some of the stuff I procrastinated with and how I got over that and overcame it to make sure I created the discipline. Um, that's really what the book was about. But there, I, when you go to venues, you meet people, you see the same people over two or three years later, hey, you bought a note yet? You bought a piece of property? Nope. And they still at the conference, like, okay, then this must be a hangout. Well, and you know, that's what we found too. We go back to the conferences because we were very involved for about five years. We go back to the conferences and, and people would be stuck. And so start asking questions. Most people got stuck. They'd get four doors, whether it was a house or four houses or a couple duplexes, something like that. And they were stuck at four doors. And we realized what was happening is they started focusing all their time on saving money. They did their own property management. They did their own maintenance. And as soon as they got that happening to them, they had no time to yeah, even look for anything else. Yeah. And, you know, right from the beginning, my husband and I decided we were not going to get stuck in that arena. We both were making good money doing what we were doing. There was no point us doing toilets and tenants. There's just no point doing that. So we didn't. We had property management right from the start. And in looking back and talking to those people, that's where I've seen the biggest difference between the ones that grew and the ones that grew. From outsourcing, using those. Yep. Yep. So I think that's important, learning how to manage that aspect of it. Um, you know, if you have, you know, tools in place that can help you navigate that, but you should focus more of your time on finding deals. I think that's the biggest thing in this space is finding deals. I mean, it's easy to raise the money. And, um, you know, if you have the track record, of course, you do what you say, you have integrity, raising the money is not an issue. I think the biggest challenge uh, to me is always finding the next deal, right? Making sure that the due diligence pans out and it fits. Uh, because there are a bunch of deals out there, but you know how many of them actually make sense where you can make a profit on it? Over oh, exactly. Time. There's lots that make no sense at all. Yeah. So, and that's another challenge I see. I was funny. One of my students sent me over this little video the other day because in one area of Canada right now, it's such a hot market. Like, it, people are bidding each other, and 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 so he, this guy did a video with an apple, and he was just pretending. He goes, "Okay, I got an apple here. Who wants an apple?" And the guy goes, "Well, um." can you tell me a little bit more about the apple? And he goes, no, I'm not telling you anything next, you know, and he's just going, and then they bid it up and finally the guy paid like 10 times what the apple's worth. And he goes, Oh no, what did I do? But you know, <laughs> that's what happens. It's like being at an auction with your paddle, right? I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. And they bid each other up and it's just, it's ludicrous. Yeah. That's happened in the nation globally, I guess, because um, it's here in the U S as well. It's 40% of the list price things are selling for it's, um, this is the best market I've, I've ever been in in the last 21 years. I mean, yeah. it's I've, I've been through the last downturn in 2008, 2009, but the market is more vibrant now than, than before. Before it was like, you know, you didn't know what was happening. It was about to drop any day. Here, you can kind of get a feel that I know in the U.S., I believe we have at least another three-year window before the foreclosures even up with the demand, uh, maybe a little bit longer. So that's always going to keep, um, you know, prices strong, even if they get 5% here and there. But um, as long as interest rates stay low, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I don't see that changing for a long time. Yeah. And we're getting like interest rates in Canada right now. We're getting apartment buildings at less than 2% interest, 35 year amortizations. Well, that makes for really nice payments, you know? Uh, and I, I don't think that that's going to change. And with the rate that inflation is going to go up because of all this money printing, you know, um, we're going to actually be paid to get the, have paid to pay those mortgage payments. You know, when you take inflation into account, I, and I love that idea, you know, we're getting money at less than 2% and inflation is going to be higher than 2%. So it's going to be actually getting paid. Isn't that kind of crazy to think? Yeah, yeah. Getting paid to hold the mortgage. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate you sharing your wealth and knowledge. This is another great episode of PFREI. Make sure you guys go to ednakeep.com, uh, follow up with her, and make sure you extract as much information as you can. She has a wealth of knowledge. Thanks for coming to the show. I really appreciate it. You're most welcome. It was my pleasure. All right, guys, you can catch us, catch us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all the other social media platforms. Another great episode of PFREI. I'm your host, Fuquan Bilal. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Passion for Real Estate Investments podcast. Looking forward to providing you guys with more testimonials from successful real estate investors. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at a passion, the number four, REI. Thanks so much, guys. And until next time, it's a great day.